Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, and getting straight to the point, uh, when good things actually happen to our hometown Washington Wizards, that's when it's time to break the proverbial glass and record an emergency podcast. And in this particular instance of good things happening, the Washington Wizards selected Denny Avdiha, most recently of Maccabi Tel Aviv in Israel, with a ninth overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft. He is the first player born in Israel to ever be taken in the top 10 of the NBA draft, which is nice. But more importantly, as you're going to hear us talk about, this was a really, really good pick. I'm quite happy with it, which is I can't remember. I genuinely cannot remember the last time we've said this about a pick that the player, a pick that the Washington Wizards have made, maybe since going back to John Wall. So to that end, upon this momentous emergency podcast, I'm actually really pleased to be joined by a valuable longtime member of HailToTheDistrict.com and my good friend Dash. So Dash, first and foremost, welcome back to the pod. I'm going to start with your thoughts on the Wizards taking Denny Abdiha because I know he's been your guy for quite some time. Yeah, Rajan, thanks for having me. It's been a big week for me. First, Josh Allen throws that touchdown pass to Stefan Diggs, and now Denny Abdiha is a pick by the Wizards. Uh, yeah, like you said, I've been big on him probably – probably since like last year. I think it's mostly because the hype train was started with him uh, probably second only to LaMelo Ball, I would say. Who I hate. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. We don't – okay, so I have a few thoughts on LaMelo and Denny. We'll get to him. Let's talk about Denny. So Denny, I I think he's a really solid, fundamentally sound player. So I know there are definitely concerns about his shooting, which is something I usually don't look away from. I hate guys who can't shoot, which is why I wasn't really high on the Ruby Hachimura pick last year and was really hoping for a Brandon Clark who was improving his jump shot for the last two years or Tyler Harrow just because he could shoot. Um, Denny Avdia is different. Uh, This team has lacked a playmaking forward for at least 15 years now probably since I don't know I want to say Antoine Jameson or Karan Butler um and when you have a point guard like John Wall um you really don't need one but Tommy Shepard just said yesterday that John Wall is probably not going to play big minutes when he comes back um you need that secondary ball handler next to Wall and Beal you need a guy who has great sizes 6'9 it kind of makes up for the smaller, smallish front court with Thomas Bryan and Rui Hachimura, and maybe if they bring back Davis Bertans, which I think is something that's going to be discussed within the front office, and I, I think they need to, but I'm not sure. But I think Avdija just has more potential than almost any other player in this draft. I think he's more NBA-ready than almost any other player in this draft. I think overall, I think you're looking at a guy who's going to have at least a 10-year NBA career. I know that's pretty – lofty expectations but that's how good I think he is I so here's the thing where we drafted him and why I like it right I, I kind of summed it up this way that he's 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 so he's getting a little bit of the fumes from the Luka Doncic right train like everyone's like oh he's kind of like Luka Doncic because everyone makes a cookie cutter comparison I think that's a really that's that's false advertising that's fake news if you will but here's what when I watched in my very 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 amateur scouting of, of Denny Avdija the one thing that I loved it he's uh, the basketball IQ pops right off the bat. Um, he's super duper competitive, what I love. He's a willing and capable defender, which is also very rare from the traditional Euro. And I love the fact that two two big things that really uh, stuck out to me is, one, he is wired in the way that he genuinely wants to kick his opponent's ass. Like, that's just his thing. He's competitive as hell. And the one thing that I keep 
coming back to more and more with this is that he's so young and he's so accomplished already. He is going back through my notes right now. I think he's a three-time all, um, three-time like whatever their league is, three-time Israeli league champion. He was the all Israeli league first team. He was Israeli league most valuable player. He's 19 and a half years old right now. He turns 20 in January. He's six months younger than Zion Williamson, right? Like, there's, so whatever he's accomplished right now, and this is where the Luca comparison kind of comes back in, it's that he's accomplished so much, granted maybe not playing in the same level of competition, but whatever he is today, he has miles of upside. And he's already a very able to contribute player right off the bat right now. Like he can come in and play substantial minutes to your point about John Wall, you know, not playing a bunch of minutes right off the bat. And there's still miles for him to grow. I echo the concerns about the jump shot. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's like in a draft where there's a lot of, I mean, just pure shit at the top of the draft. My friends and I've been talking about this for quite some time. I'm sure you feel the same way. Like this is as good a player as you would have gotten if you had a top five pick. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I, so like you brought up being able to contribute immediately. I think he's actually a starter from day one. Um, well, I mean, if the coach were anybody else but Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks. Exactly. So I, I think he should start from day one. Let me put it that way. Uh, I'm also not really high on the Thomas Bryant fit, but that's a story for another day. I just don't think he's that good of a player. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing you had to watch out for going forward, he's 6'9", he can He's very versatile defensively. He can guard the four. He can guard the three. He can spot guard the five. So there's something there. I've heard. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't looked at his game tape that much yet. I think I've heard that he's very good on the pick and roll uh, as a ball handler. And I know his jump shot was an issue. And I I know he shot like 50% or something from the free throw line. The, The rumors are that he has changed his jump shot. In the last six months. Uh, but then again, almost every player has. Uh, that Apparently, Patrick Williams, who went number four to Chicago, has also changed his jump shot. Apparently, I'm also changing my jump shot tomorrow. Um, but I think the potential is there to be a long-term fit next to Bradley Beal. Now, we got to consider something here. Tommy Shepard's background in international recruiting as he climbed through the ranks, I think definitely was at play here. Um, he took Rui Hachimura last year, who is of Bedanese and Japanese descent. Um, he, the Wizards did take, I'm sure, as you remember all too well, um, Jan Vesely with the number six pick. Give the year Kawhi was number 15. Um, they took Thomas Sadoransky in the second round. They took Yusuf Sanan in the, the second round. This is a team that has not shied away from international players. And as No love for Johan Petro? No, I, I can't. I can't talk about Johan Petro and his Sonics. But I, I do, I do think, I do think Abia would have been the pick here had the Wizards been a top five team, had they been a top six team, and I know there were a lot of rumors about Anika and Okongbu and Isaac Okoro, and I'm pretty high on Okoro. I think he showed. I mean, I, as I mean, you know, I gotta admit, I'm an Auburn fan, so I've seen him develop his jump shot throughout the year. It was definitely looked a lot better, but I don't think. Shepard would have gone anywhere but Denny Abdia. I think he wanted Abdia after the top, maybe top three players in the draft, but um, I don't think this is a prize to anybody associated with the team. They, I don't think they thought they could get him. I think that was the biggest uh, part here. So, 
Kongwu had the tearjerker interview, man, with the with this his brother passing away and stuff like that. And I'm like, that that was definitely they were they were aiming for the ratings over there, and they were like, um, you know, it's like it was hard to root against him. I mean, obviously it was a little bit of um, uh, created theater, but nonetheless, it was um, it was still interesting. I liked him. I thought he's. I think he's a Kongwu. I'm talking about just to put a pin on that. Like, I think he's wired the right way. I would have been very happy with him. Um, I know. I think he had the foot injury rumors that came out over the last x number of days or whatever but that's fine but um you you put a, you talked a little bit about this and one of the other things that i like a lot is that the way the team is currently constructed in terms of the wizards is that you have wall and beal and frankly speaking that's it right like that's your offensive i mean that's your everything but by and large that's your offensive contributions to the team i mean Rui is miles burton's and Bertans, I'm I you you might be even a little more connected on this. I'm skeptical Bertans is going to come back because of like teams are going to try to throw big money at him or try to you know lure him away or but in some way I don't feel like he's just going to come back not because the Wizards don't want him it's because he'll be too valuable an asset for somebody to go pursue right players of his ilk don't come around that often. I mean how many trade rumors did we hear about him through the course of the season? So that's my skepticism on him now because I don't like him. I think he's tremendous, but um, so let's just assume for the sake of argument that Bertans is gone. It kind of, again, comes down to ball and Beal. And now you have the proverbial third banana to kind of add into this mix, right? Like you have somebody who takes the pressure off of them. He is a six foot nine player who does not need to have the ball in his hands to kind of function within the context of the offense. He's not a ball dominant guy. He can set the table. He can create offense again, without having to be the central point of the offense. Um, he is, I mean, I don't want to call him LaMelo Ball in terms of his passing creativity, but I don't see this wicked drop-off between what we profess Ball to be versus what we're seeing already from Avdija. And again, he's going to be someone who's going to contribute to the game, to the box score in other ways, besides having to either be the guy with the ball in his hands or to, you know, shoot the ball, if you will. And um, yeah, I mean, that's my initial thought. I'll, I'll, get, I'll come back to the shooting part. I have my thoughts on this. Um, and finishing your point about Shepard, um, Two things. I think my perspective on Shepard is that he's been very good, almost to a fault in many cases, about trying to make sure that this team is about culture, character, work ethic, all the buzz terms we've been hearing in Washington, especially like borrowing from the football team's um, MO in terms of like the Rod Rivera culture. But, you know, that's things he to talk about. That's why Rui, while some people saw him as a stretch uh, pick last year, that was one of the reasons why they took him. And when they did the pre uh, post draft interview, I think it was Ben Standig, shout out to Ben Stad- Standig at the Athletic, but he was quoting him. Two of the first words that came out of Shepard's mouth were character and work ethic. And I think that just continues to jive with everything that Shepard has preached since he's taken the job. Yeah, I agree with that. I, so I uh, just want to touch on Denny and LaMelo. I, I have the same thoughts. I, I don't see that much of a drop off in their playing style. Um, I think you can also make the uh, make the argument that Denny may be more maybe better at what Lamelo's professed professed to be good at, just because you know we hype up Lamelo because you know it's a ball family and he went over to Australia and he played well. But Denny is 19; he's of the same age, um, and he played in a much tougher league than Lamelo played in. Um, I think when you're talking about Shepard and the character concerns and the character, you know, buzzwords, and we're looking for, you know, culture guys, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is something that I've been harping on for a while. The Wizards are one of the most risk averse teams in the entire league. And I think, I think had Denny Avdia gone earlier tonight, I think they would have just taken whoever they were supposed to take, whether that was Isaac Okoro or Patrick Williams or Tyrese Halliburton, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then you just look at the difference between them and an organization like the Nuggets. 
who just traded for RJ Hampton with the 24th pick. And RJ Hampton. That's a good player. And RJ Hampton was supposed to be a top five pick as of last year, went to Australia. There are rumors that he was a bit of an asshole in Australia. But I just listened to him actually uh, last week on Ryan Rosillo's podcast with Mike Miller, who's been helping him out with like his shooting and just teaching him. And it seems like a kid who really wants to work hard, but you know the talent's there. I don't think that's ever a move that the Wizards would ever do. Or even trading up down a few years ago to get Michael Porter Jr. Or that's the one that I was, still, I was about to go to. One pick, man. We were one pick away. Like we took Troy Brown at 15, Porter went to 14, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I these are the type of moves that this team has lacked. And I think we talk about the offensive creativity on this team. And Shepard has ha- constantly mentioned how do you like to keep Beal here. Um, and I know yesterday everybody in D.C. and their moms saw the rumors about Wall for Westbrook. Uh, that may be the only player I wouldn't trade John Wall for. Um, that being said, I don't know if John Wall is long for this team. And if John Wall is not long for this team, I don't know if Bradley Beal is long for this team either because Bradley Beal and a bunch of kids is not going to amount to anything in the East, Um, even in the East, let's put it that way. Uh, I would like to see if this team is going towards a full rebuild, I think Denny was the right pick. And even if there aren't, I think he was the right pick. I think he was – I think he has a chance, and I think Mike Schmitz said it tonight, I think he has a chance to be the best player in this draft. And I don't yeah. think it's – I don't think there are that many players in this draft that you can say that about other than maybe him, Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball, and I don't know, guess you want to throw Wiseman in there, maybe Cole Anthony or RJ Hampton or one some of these guys who are just freaks of nature. There's not that many players you can say that about. But I think this tells you that they believe that there's st- – I think they're still going to try Wall and Beal as long as, you know, John Wall doesn't throw up any more gang signs. Uh but, I mean, other than that, I, I, I think it was a very good pick. I, I really have no complaints about this pick. This is the first time in a very long time that I can say that about the Wizards. Do you believe the whispers about the wall gang signs thing was a big catalyst in terms of the trade talks? Uh, sure, not really. Yeah. Um, I think they were trying to move them for a long time. I think they wanted to keep it quiet. And yeah. then I think Houston last night leaked that they were trying to get wall for Westbrook. And I think the Wizards were forced to address that. So they leaked the gang signs to, I think, uh, what's his name? Chris Miller on Comcast Sportsnet or whoever else it was. Yeah, somebody who was close to the team. And uh, I think that's why that came out. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. People deal with people who make mistakes as long as you produce. If Wall was healthy, I don't think it would be a big deal at all. So to kind of touch on that, both of our respective independent sources, both mine and yours, we were both talking about this over offline on via text yesterday, can confirm that the Wizards actively had discussions in terms of the Wall for Westbrook deal. That was very, very real. That went very high up. Very important people were involved in that conversation. And to both of our knowledge, uh, one of the big hangup points why it didn't happen was largely because the the Rockets were asking for Wall and more and like... we're talking Wall plus Rui Hachimura plus potentially picks. And that's just absolutely outrageous. Thankfully, the Wizards didn't make that move. But I think that just goes to illustrate the fact that um, there is a healthy level of skepticism, whether it's Wall's off-the-court 
transgression. I don't want to say transgressions because he's done a lot of good things as well, but that look, did, was not a good look. But point being, you're, the way you said it, he's not long for this team, whether it's through his, his volition or the team's volition, is very much a valid point, which, as you also said, then that leads to the domino of what's, what happens to Bradley Beal's long-term future. There have been a bunch of shitheads on Twitter who are trying to say that, like, fake insider people who are like that a, a Beal deal is already on the table and it's, you know, it's close. I've seen Miami. I've seen Denver among others. I don't believe any of them. I would love to go put them on old takes exposed or cold takes exposed or whatever the, the account is. But um, I think it's all fake news, but that just reiterates the point, um, you know, that whatever the current iteration of the team is, you know, we shouldn't be too attached to it. And then kind of circling on top of all of this or, or layering it back to the Abdiha thing. He's not maybe a f- cornerstone foundational piece, but he is a piece right? Like he is a piece of whatever this team's future looks like. Again, going back to the fact that he turns 20 years old in January. So maybe the Wizards absolutely suck. Maybe next year, I don't know what the NBA draft looks like next year. Barely knew what it looked like this year. Um, but if there is a foundational player that they can build around with Avdiha already, maybe you start looking at it that way if you're able to kind of strip the team away or if you decide that you have the, the need to strip the team away. I, I mean, by all accounts, I think next year's draft is supposed to be a lot better. You have like Kimani Bates and I think that guy, Chet, Holmgren or whatever, who who played really well uh, a few nights ago on ESPN in a high school game, um, or maybe that's a 22 draft guy. At this point, it have been in quarantine for too long. Yeah, it's, it's uh, all blending together. Yeah, so I I think yeah, so I don't think Wall. I don't think it was as you said. I don't think it was necessarily a transgression. I think it was the wrong place, wrong time, and he just happened to get caught. He's just got to be smarter than that. I mean, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Just chilling with his friends. I mean, it's. It's fine, but like you know, if as I said, yeah, if he were healthy and he was producing, this wouldn't be a big deal. But you know what? He's not. He's he's coming off a major injury. He hasn't played in almost two years. We're looking at a guy who's thirty and is probably headed downhill very soon, as he's very similar to Westbrook. He relies almost entirely on his athleticism um, and his speed. And I don't know what kind of player the wizards are going to be getting back. And on top of that, which is why I hated the contract when they, when they gave him that ex- max supermax extension, I was completely against it. You don't give supermax extensions to players who don't deserve it. And he, this is a guy who has made all NBA 13 once. And I know he is he's done a lot for this community and has done a lot for this team, frankly, coming out of the Gilbert arenas, Andre Bloch, JaVale McGee, Nick Young shithole that it was, he's done a lot. But at some point, he had to act like a smart franchise. And I, I definitely give him that contract was just Ted and Ernie trying to save face and keep the status quo and trying to ring in a few more playoffs tickets. But I think this year is very crucial for the team, to be completely frank. I think this, if they don't play well, I think Beal could be on his way out. I would not be surprised if he asked for a trade next offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma City is the team that wants to get him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans want to get him. I think he actually works better with the Pelicans, and now both those teams own the draft for the next five years. I was going to say they have a 1,000 draft picks between the two of them. So, um, Wall is also – this is a legacy-making year for John Wall. John Wall has made five all-star games and one all-NBA third team. How his 30s go is going to determine how whether he's, an, he's a Hall of Famer or not. We've seen guys with much shittier credentials get into the Hall of Fame. We've seen Mitch Richmond get into the Hall of Fame. John Wall has actually done something in the playoffs. He's gone to the second round. He's almost gone to the conference finals. Wall's legacy is on the line here. And if he, if he turns it around, he's a Hall of Famer. 
if he doesn't, because even if he gets all-star performance uh, nominations in the East, it still counts. At the end of the day, Dwight Howard is still a Hall of Famer because Dwight Howard may have sucked for the last 10 years. He was the best center in the league for five years, and he has like 10 all-star appearances, right? John Wall makes a three for four more all-star games. You're looking at a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think everybody knows how big this year is. I think it's a huge year for Tommy Shepard. Um, I think Scott Brooks' contract's up soon. I think Shepard's going to be evaluated. I don't know if Ted's going to make that change, but if the team doesn't turn around very soon and Beal requests out, I, I think you could see wholesale changes coming soon to this team. Precedent said that it's that Leon's is going to wait 10 years too long to do anything with Shepard, which in this case, I think would probably be worth it with Leon's. I mean, excuse me, Leon's is with Grunfeld. It was, it was just torture. It was Chinese water torture waiting for when that guy would finally get shit canned. Um, it happened, got 10 years too late, probably. Um, I think I think Shepard could sell the idea and he would be hundred percent right in this instance that if like if they start to go to shit this year, that he's like, look, we have to dis- we have to burn it all down, rebuild it all up. I mean, if you want to look at the capitals as a precedent, like McPhee had to do it and then whoever the, the uh, McClellan had to do it and he might have to do it again very shortly. So and you know, Leon's is just loyal to a fault as we all know. Um Yeah, I think it's I, I, I think it's one of those things where they'll be able to milk out another another six or seven seed, maybe a five, if we're getting really, really frisky. I don't know what the rest of the East is going to shake up to be because like the Bogdan trade, uh, the Bogdanovich trade, excuse me, and, and Milwaukee fell apart. Who knows if this James Harden shit is going to happen, anything with, with Brooklyn. I mean, it feels like inevitable, but who knows? And then all the other teams, like, you know, whoever, whatever they are, like if what Boston does with Gordon Hayward, so forth and so on. Um, so there's a window where the Wizards can ascend, but it's probably not again more than the five or six seed at best. And then after that, you have to look at the future, or there's just a tear down as you as you alluded to. And I think I, so. Yeah. So I think as fans, I think we have a different view of the team than the the organization looks at itself. I think if they got a five or six seed, I think they'd be very happy. Sure. And I think I think they would be able to convince Beal, hey, we're moving in the right, you know, uh, uh, we're in the right direction. We had a few more pieces here and there. We can probably try to compete because you got it. Like at, as good as the East top of the East was last year, like a healthy wall and healthy Beal. Plus let's say, you know, Bertans comes back. We don't know about that yet. Right. Um, and you, I don't know, maybe Abjo or Rui take big steps. Like that's a competitive team in the East. Sure. And I think you would be able to maybe convince Beal to stay. Now, the issue is if the team completely falls apart, then you got major issues. Then you got to deal Beal before he, before his value completely drops off. Um, I feel much more comfortable with Tommy Shepard making that trade than Ernie Grunfeld. Let's put it like that. I would be extremely scared of Beal being traded by Ernie. Um, but I think it's time to, I think it's put up or shut up time for the team. Uh, and I don't know if the owner feels that way, but I, I think a lot of the fans are really curious about seeing what happens this year. And I, I think it's going to be largely dependent as it always is on wall and Beal. So let's circle back to Abdiha for one more thing. Cause I want to get your perspective. I think we have similar, but different if that is uh, not oxymoronic views on terms of Abdiha shooting, right. Or in terms of the importance of his shooting. So uh, it's been pretty well documented that his shooting is terrible. I'm trying to pull up the stat here, but it's, it's needless to say a lot of people, there's some red flag alarming numbers. There are people who will say that it's been broken and rebuilt so many times. It's, it's basically the Humpty Dumpty of jump shots. Um, what's your knee jerk reaction? You alluded to a little bit. Why don't you try to elaborate on a little more? 
Yeah, so I I do think his shot was not great at Maccabi. Um, I think he is a very sound – I think if you look at his shooting form, if you look at it from last year, I think you can see that his release point is closer to his stomach, which is not where NBA players are supposed to be shooting. They're supposed to be shooting up from here near their heads. I think – but I think as you have seen, especially with, you know, all the workouts and whatever and everything that I've heard also and read is that – he has changed his shooting form completely. Now, Kevin O'Connor over at the Ringer has always said that free throw percentage is a great indicator of whether yep. a person will become a big shooter, a good shooter. Um, this is something that Abdita was not very good at. 60% like is the number that everyone keeps throwing around. And I think that is something to watch for. Now, I don't know if he's a guy who won't develop because – as you said before, he, he's very competitive. And I think Glenn Consor threw this uh, comparison out today. He's like a younger Gordon Hayward, which is exactly what this team has needed for a very long time. They need a guy who can take the ball and he can play make and he can also get to the basket and score when he needs to. And I don't think – so from what I've seen, I don't think his shot making is that bad. Um, I've seen him pull up on threes. I've, hit him, I've seen him hit contested shots. I don't think it's as terrible – as it is. But then again, we got to remember all these guys are 19 years old. Exactly. They're 19. This is ridiculous. Like we're four years into D'Angelo Russell's career and we don't know whether he's good or bad yet. So my big thing, this is the hill that I, I I'll die on um, when it comes to the NBA. I know people will scoff at such an idea, but I think the jump shot is the most teachable trait for an NBA player. Like, I think in many cases, right? Like you can't, you're never going to go from like, you're never going to go from bum to Ray Allen. Like, like that's never going to happen. Like that's, that, that's utterly and completely impossible. Right. But you can go from D minus to C plus scraping to B minus pretty over the, over the course of time, especially when you're starting from a young perspective, right. From where he is. I, I want to go. I want to re again reiterate the fact that he's coming from a basketball family. His father played in the Yugoslavian leagues. Those are competitive as fuck, as we all know, right? And that's something he grew up. He was, there was a store. I think it was on ESPN or I saw something where he talked about growing up playing against his dad and like and shooting against it, like and the two of them having like shooting contests or whatever against each other, right? Like there are fundamentals there. There's the wiring is there. I think that is a teachable trait for him. And if you're telling me that like that is a big thing I have to worry about, he's not mechanically broken. Where like I don't think he's got a jump shot like Lonzo Ball where it's like it's just one of the most ugly things you'll ever see or like even uglier like a Michael Kidd Gilchrist or something like that like we're not talking about that we're talking about a shot that needs a lot of fixing it needs a lot of super glue but I don't think it's irreparably broken to the point where that's going to be an utterly useless thing if he if he gets to a C plus I think we're talking about a really good player like and I'm glad you brought up the comp you talked about Gordon Hayward this is going to freak people out but my comp for him has been Diet ben, Gord, uh, ben Gordon, Diet Ben Simmons. And the reason why I see that is obviously because the passing creativity, the size, the defensive willingness. But Ben Simmons gets a bad rap because of his his complete disdain for shooting and his almost his complete like I'm not going to do it. Avdia is not that. Doesn't it's not that he doesn't want to shoot. He's just not good at it, right? Like um, Simmons goes out of his way to make sure defiantly that I'm not going to shoot the ball. That's obviously not Avdia. And the, and the other, um, while it may be lazy comp, is that he's he's uh, Doncic without the jump shot yet. 
in many cases, right? Like if you looked, if you took the jump shot away from Doncic, which is obviously a huge part of his game, it's kind of what Abdiha is. Maybe I think you can actually make comparisons that they're very similar athletically and in terms of the way they play the game. So that's the way I look at him. And if you're telling me that's the player I'm getting, I'm pretty happy with that. Look, I have a I have a scarier comparison. I think you could probably look at this as as a guy Anthony Randolph was supposed to be. Uh, Anthony Randolph, I don't know if you guys remember, was a was a first round pick out of LSU many many years ago, and everybody went crazy over him because of his long arms and his potential and his ball handling and his playmaking. He just never panned out. Um, I think Aldia has a much better chance of panning out. I just think. I, I really – so I, I've never really been on this train until the last probably two years or so, especially what I've seen from this area's teams. I think competitive fire is extremely, extremely, extremely important. I'm used to be an all-talent guy. I only, only, only believe in talent. I think talent – I think you can teach competitive fire, or at least I thought I did. But I think you need guys who care. And I think it's been – exam. I mean, it's been shown with the football team here, with the quarterback they picked last year who – simply doesn't seem to care enough. Uh, I think Denny Abdiya cares, and I think he really wants to be, like, a really good player. And I think that's going to drive him to at least not be a bust. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, and by Tommy Shepard accidentally making the safest pick, he may have made, made, like, made a home run pick here. Exactly. By we just don't know. Pick, he might have made the best pick in it, absolutely. Um, that was something I was texting with uh, Patrick as well, the fellow held to the district guy and he was like tell me about the pick and I'm like this is a high floor pick in it maybe I would argue as much as anyone taken in the nine picks leading up to and through the FDH pick it's as bust proof quote-unquote if such a thing exists as any of the nine I mean um, you might be and correct me if I'm wrong you might be a bit more bullish on Edwards and Lamella Ball I I, I I've been saying this. I wouldn't touch them with a 20-foot stick attached to a 30-foot stick. If if I had a top three pick, I would do everything in my power to trade it out, even if it meant getting 30 cents of the dollar. I, the 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 I the everything I read about Anthony Edwards terrified the living daylights out of me, and I've said this repeatedly that I think Lamelo Ball is an ass bag. I just I, I can't be any more can, candid about it. I think he is a silver spooned ass bag that like. I can't believe Jordan being Jordan took LaMelo ball. Like it's just the most non sequitur thing that I could possibly think of, but that's me. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we can just talk about the rest of the draft real quick. Yeah. Just do a quick roundup. So I think kind of with you on Edwards, I respect the talent. Um, I know talent I, saw is that, I saw that game. I think he played Missouri or something last year and he dropped like 30 something for Georgia. And I think he can be really good. The Wiggins vibes with him are really big and it scares the shit out of me um i'm not sure i agree on Lamelo. i wasn't that high on him but i think he's very similar to denny and i think so you got to keep in mind this is a 19 year old kid who's been driven to the wall by his dad then he's been did not he was taken out of high school sent to lithuania showed up or did not show up to ucla i don't really remember and then he went to australia to play and I think he's gotten better. That's why I was really big on RJ Hampton too. I really think international competition for young American players makes a huge difference. I think they, they adapt to the league much quicker. Um, obviously it hasn't really worked out with Terrence Ferguson who got treated tonight as part of the Al Horford deal. But I think these guys, I think when they go overseas and they play with real men, I think it makes a huge difference. Um, as far as Wiseman, 
goes. I know we haven't touched on him yet. I think James Wiseman was the safest pick in all of the draft. Um, I think you are a Wiseman war- guy. That's interesting. I, or yeah, I guess I relatively I speaking, I don't think he's going to suck with the Warriors. Like yeah. I think it's, I think it's like the right pick. Like he's not going to suck. Like he's not going to hurt them too much. I think his post defense is good enough. Quick aside to the listeners, right? I'm sure Dash, you saw it as well a few minutes ago. But the news came out that the suspicions of Clay Thompson did tear his Achilles tendon, which really, 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 really sucks for them. Um, that that's a devastating uh, shot, obviously. But yeah, just interjecting. Go ahead, back on that. Yeah, I that really sucks. I I really so I I don't really like. I'm not a huge fan of LeBron James, as people know. But I I've always believed the next decade is about saving Steph Curry's legacy. I think Steph Curry's been wildly underrated. I think he's not going to get the respect he's due by the end of his career. And I really wanted them to win a few more titles. Um, I think that would have been great for him. And I think, but I don't, I don't see that happening without Clay playing this year. Uh, but I, as we were saying on Wiseman, I think it's fine. Like I think he'll be okay. I don't think he'll screw him up. And maybe he becomes a Draymond in the future. Um, I I kind of don't understand the Patrick Williams pick, but I, that was a head scratcher as well. But I but I I kind of get it. It's like the Denny thing. Like he can't shoot, but they say he's been working on his shot. He's extremely raw, but that team needs a defender next to Laurie Marketing and Wendell Carter. Like I kind of get it. I don't really understand the Isaac Okoro pick to Cleveland. Um, I'm a Okoro guy, but you have three guards and you have three bigs, and none of them can shoot other than Kevin Love. And you pick another guy who can't shoot on that team. I don't know how you're going to develop any sort of offense. Um, and you have a bunch of guys who can't shoot. Colin Sexton can't shoot, and neither can Darius Garland. I'm not a big Colin Sexton guy. I think he's no. just – he's just – He's built well. That's about the nicest thing I can say about I him. I think, I think they should have gone with Killian Hayes at five today, and I, I think they should have made a ch- look to move uh, context, but I don't think there would have been much of a market for him. Call, uh, Killian uh, Hayes at seven might be of the top nine outside of the of Dia pick. Obviously, might be my favorite pick because, as you know, you're a KOC fan, and uh, the and the Ringer had Hayes as their number one on their big board. Um, which was interesting. Again, another overseas guy, but it was um, it was just to see him fall to number seven. Um, I think between him and Okongwu going at six, um, I th- were probably two of the best picks if such a thing exists in the top nine. Yeah, like I mean, so this is the thing with this draft, right? Usually, when you have any other draft, except for maybe like 2013, you have like these five guys who are supposed to be rock solid, and then everybody after that is like, ah, I don't know. This draft, everybody is so confused about how good anybody is. So I don't think you can really question any of the picks. Like, I don't know which any – does any pick stand up to you as, like, head-scratching? I mean, outside of Patrick Williams, but, like, it's not really that head-scratching. I can't, yeah. I can't think of anything. No, and I was talking about this in the separate thread. I was like, you could have any permutation of the first 13 guys and no one would scratch it. Like, no one would be like, I can't believe they did that. Like, if some, for some odd reason, if like Tyrese Halliburton went in the top three, would you really be that stunned? Not particularly, right? Like, I mean, obviously, given that the consensus has been the three guys who went in the top three, but it's like from a pure talent standpoint, if you didn't have any bias outside coming in of like all the information that, you know, leading up to it, you really wouldn't. And I think, yeah, to your point, like, there's no, like, oh my God, that was a hideous pick. Um, among the top, I mean, shit, maybe among the top 20 picks now that I'm looking at them. By the way, Miami, as always, doing smart things. Precious Achua at 20. It's like, Jesus Christ. Why do you, 
every single time you have to do the right thing, you always do the right thing. And they're they they're kind of like the Ravens of the NBA, yes. right? They just yes. keep it's doing exactly calm. what they're supposed to. Like, I'm not – I mean, people may doubt the player. Like, I'm not a huge Patrick Queen guy, but picking a linebacker last year what the Ravens did was exactly what they were supposed to do. Logically um, speaking, yes. I was, I was not big on either of the two. The Oklahoma guy whose name is escaping Kenneth me at Murray. the moment. Yes, Kenneth Murray and, uh, and Patrick Green. I was not high on either of them, but from a logical standpoint, I agree with you. Yeah, like they, they keep fitting guy, taking guys who are of similar talent levels to where they're picked and who fit the culture. I think it's the right, uh, it, it's the, it's the right move every single time. They never really make a mistake. Yeah, um, I, I think that's very important in running a team, especially when you, but when you have an ambitious GM or president or godfather like Pat Riley, I think they're just, I think they're collecting assets. I don't know what the next move is, but I think they're collecting assets. Um, it's, it's the next move is not uh, what's his name, Giannis. I don't think I think Giannis is going to sign this week. It sounds like it. That's what all the yeah. that's what all the tea leaves are are, le- are leading up to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, back to the draft. I, I don't see any picks that were like, like Tyrell Terry, Terry just went number 31 to Dallas. Like he may have fallen a little bit. I really liked him because he can shoot. I would have really liked the Wizards to drop, drop back in and get him. Um, I think he would have been a really good pick. I think Devin Vastel going at 11 was a little bit of a surprise to me. I don't really see it. But the analytics people love him. I am an analyst. Vassal was, was thought, yeah, he, he was thought highly of as well. Um, I Tell me a little more about Jalen Smith. He's actually, I know, ironically being the Maryland guy, um, he's the one I know the least about. To, again, ironically, I I think he's I think he's really good. So I really would not have minded if the Wizards picked him tonight. Uh, I think he's a stretch four in the league. I think his defense has gotten a lot better in the last two years in Maryland. Um, I think his he's not as athletic as I think you want somebody that's. I mean, he's no Okongwu. Let's put it that way. Right. But I think he's a stretch four, and I think for Phoenix, I think he's Dario Saric insurance because um, now they don't really need to bring Dario Saric back. I know I think Aaron Baines may be on the, out the on the way out, but he's not really a Baines kind of player. I think he's more of a Saric, put the ball on the floor, get to the basket, or pop back and step, shoot a three. So now if you're Phoenix, you're looking at a lineup of you know, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, uh, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, and Jalen Smith or Mikael Bridges, take, pick one, take one. That's a fun team to play with. Uh, you can literally – anybody on the team can shoot, which is absolutely crazy. Um, I would be very interested to see if Jalen Smith actually cracks the rotation in his first year. If, if I if I know Monte Williams, I don't think he really plays rookies that much. Um, he didn't really play him last year either. Uh, Cam Johnson just – and Cam Johnson doesn't count because he's like 24 years old. Uh, but I think he definitely fits with Phoenix. Um, as you can see, no Virginia Tech players did make the first round. Yeah, that's not uh, surprising. Yeah. Uh, who's the coach there? Is it still Buzz Williams? No, it was the guy – what the fuck is his name? We got from some smaller college. Buzz left. Buzz went to A&M or some Texas school, and uh, I miss Buzz. And then the, the new guy, his name is Del, begins with last name with W. I should know this, and it's really embarrassing that I don't. But it'll hit me at some random point. Um, yeah, we're not. We, we we had our heyday with Buzz, and um, I was a big Seth guy. I love Seth Greenberg. That that was my guy. Um, I was there. got a lot out of those teams. I agree. He oh, really Mike did. Right. About Mike. Yes. So um, okay, putting a pin on or kind of wrapping it all up. Um, we both like this pick. Ironically, probably right before, right after we sign off on this, the Wizards will make their second round pick. Um, the Tyrell Terry at 31 was really nice, but I think the best thing is um, 
Wizards fans who hate this pick, you're wrong. Like, that's just a simple way to put it. Like, you're wrong. Like, Okongwu would have been a nice pick. But uh, I get really, really frustrated when Wizards fans are like, or when any team's fans are like, oh, we should have traded up to get this guy. And I'm like, okay, number one takes two to tango. Number two, what were you going to give up? Um, I completely disagree about, as you are saying as well, about the trading wall for Westbrook. Um, that's maybe maybe straight up. I, I completely am no for straight up, but we can have a conversation about it um in general but obviously not for assets and uh and, and yeah let's see how this pans out i think uh just one more thing i'd like to add yeah. i i think uh mentioned this earlier tonight i think the team should try to move troy brown as soon as possible you did mention that uh he's good and i think he's actually a useful player in the league i'm just worried that he'll never play again don't you think his value has been murdered by scott brooks that's the only reason i disagree with you not because i disagree with i with your premise i disagree that his value has been completely obliterated by scott brooks just you know leaving him in cobwebs on the bench that's my only i think it's been really unfair to his development i think we get a much different player in a much different section of the multiverse if they actually just let him play yeah like i would have liked to see him actually start at point guard last year like but what the fuck we had to lose if we didn't exactly like what what is is Smith like giving me in three extra wins that Troy Brown wouldn't like I would have really liked to see him become the primary ball handler let him go through his lumps and I think we did him a disservice uh, so I mean it's fine I mean it's it is what it is so I mean I don't think I have much else to add on that but I think other than that I think we're looking at probably not much more of any more transactions coming from the team this year. On that note, uh, we will go ahead and call it. Thank you so much, Dash. Awesome having you on. We should do this again before the season starts because that's like really, really soon, apparently, from all the scheduling. But uh, that notwithstanding, thank you ever very much to everyone who's made it this far into the podcast. If you have not done so already, please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify and all the other fun sources. But until then, um, we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.